Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for the bigger picture. And today what's in focus is this continued seesaw on the markets. We've got some core data coming out, some core inflation data, CPI mm. data that is. The question being asked, Ryan, I suppose fair to say, have we reached peak inflation. There is some speculation or some analysis on this. We have a lot of commentary or expectations about what we can be expecting in the months to come because of so many moving parts. You have the Ukraine war just pushing up energy prices. At the same time, you have what's playing out in China. A bit of a lockdown in Shanghai and restrictions in Beijing just slowing down productivity and weighing on demand for commodities and other stuff that is just easing on those price pressures as well. So that's been something markets have been trying to price in and that's been making markets rather choppy in the past few months and analysts have been having a hard time trying to figure out where things go from here. To get a bigger picture, we have Evelyn Yeo. She is the Head of Asia Investments for Pictay Wealth Management Asia. Morning, Evelyn. How are you doing today? Good morning, Ryan. Good. Thanks for having me. Evelyn, it's always great to have you on the show. Now let's get your overview first on what the sentiment is in the markets right now. When it comes to inflation, it seems like we have a lot of fear in the markets about what it could mean for investors. What's your take on where things are going from here? I think um, with the latest Fed hike and all this Fed speak as well, it has highlighted one of the greatest dilemma for policymakers. I think in the context of that, you know, the question is whether should they act aggressively to rein in inflation given the, this accelerating rich growth and the surging commodity prices or try to cushion the demand in the U.S. economy that has been looking increasingly at the late cycle. Last week, we saw that Fed has a um, high rate of 50 basis points, with them keeping the door open for another 50 basis point in June and July. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like you mentioned as well, I think, you know, the expectation for the inflation data that's coming out tonight is for CPI to moderate but stay above 8%. Our expectation is then for the consumer inflation to decline to 2.4% on average uh, next year. So overall, I think we do not expect a recession this year as we think that the consumer is solid enough at this point to continue to power the U.S. growth. The technical indicators as well, such as initial jobless claim, have also suggest that recession is some way off. I think what this means for investors is, you know, to stick to quality names, have a proper asset allocation in the portfolio, and to really sit tight and brace for more volatility in the second half of this year. Yeah, Evelyn, um, overnight we had Joe Biden talk about possibly removing tariffs from what Donald Trump imposed on China, and this could go somewhere to easing those pressures. What's your take on where inflation is right now? We've been talking about peak inflation. Does that align with your mm-hmm. view of how prices might be going from here, where things might be moderating from here on? I think for us, our expectations, you know, for, for this year, 2022 consumer inflation, our forecast is around 6.6%. I think due to all this geopolitical risk, with the cherries being lifted, I think, you know, things would get a bit better. But however, I think when we look at the thing about inflation, I think one of the biggest impact has been the, the impact from the Ukraine war mm. on the global economy. That has been become increasingly visible as well. The higher prices for commodities from energy and food and metals are adding to the pre-existing inflationary pressure that we started to see last year. 
And in some cases, prices have already reached the levels where they are starting to disrupt demand. Mm. Meanwhile, the disruption in the supply of some of the inputs could also curtail production in some of the sectors, such as the automotive sectors. Sentiments have also started to be hurt by the conflict as well. And while the new export orders have also started to contract for the advanced economy in aggregate, while the improvement in the bottlenecks that we have seen last year has now started to ground to a halt. So I think overall, I think that, you know, from the Ukrainian conflict, um, there are two takes that we have from that. The first is that the result of the crisis will be weaker economic activity combined with high inflation. And the monetary authorities will have to face this very acute dilemma that I mentioned earlier on, whether is it to fight inflation and risk mm. bringing the economy recovery to halt or let inflation run to sustain the activity. And then the second thing is that, you know, for, for countries as well, they're not all in the same boat. The importers, the commodities importers will suffer as the conflict drags on, but the commodities supplies will fare better as well. We've been seeing the IMF and the World Bank cutting back on their growth forecasts. And of course, the higher rates will be putting pressure on other central banks to do some bit of catching up on their own policies as well. How much is that risk of this just weighing on the economic recovery? Because you do need some form of accommodative policy to help revive the growth. Yes, I think definitely. I think it's a very, diff- very difficult balance at this point. Right? So I think IMF has done pretty meaningful cuts. If you look at the world GDP numbers, that, that has been revised down from 4.9 in October to now 3.6. US as well to 3.7. Um, EU from 4.3 to 2.8. And China 5.6 to 4.4. Overall, these are quite significant cuts. Um, ASEAN has been cut as well, but that has been the least cut from 5.8 to 5.3. So I think what is important um, beyond that is to look at the asset allocation and then look at where we see opportunities for the various asset classes as well. Mm. Talking about those opportunities, Evelyn, where are you seeing where investors should be heading? On the equity side, we still remain neutral overall on global equities. However, within that space, we are overweight on Japanese equities, which we think are comparatively cheap. The risk environment looks healthier in Japan compared to Europe, which has been more exposed to the fallout from the Ukrainian conflict. And in Japan as well, that large-scale fiscal stimulus is being rolled out and the exporters from Japan are benefiting from the weaker yen at this moment. Besides Japan, we are also overweight on the Swiss equity market given the prevalence of the larger defensive growth companies in Switzerland, especially in the healthcare side. The rise in uh, commodity prices has also brought a wide dispersion in corporate margins, with the margins in the oil and gas sector rising quite strongly, while the margins mm. in other sectors suffering from this increasing input, input prices. So for, based on that, we therefore you know, continue to prefer companies and sectors that have the pricing power to maintain the margin. Just to wrap things up, um, if you've got stuff you want to reduce exposure on, where does China fit into this? Because they are going through quite a hard time when it comes to restrictions and uh, we've been seeing the lockdowns also having an impact on the economy. Yeah, I think for China, I think um, overall the long-term secular growth story as one of the major economic powerhouses would still hold um, over the longer term. So with, it, with regards to China, if you look at you know, things to be more cautious about um, at this point as the equity side, I think in the near term, yes, there are some growth headwinds still remaining, like you mentioned earlier on, that the COVID zero strategy that continues to weigh on the economic growth and the regular crackdown as well. Then the other one is the risk of that secondary war-related sanctions as China are forced to juggle with this competing economic and political interests. Right? I mean, so in this context, you know, we, we do see that China has come out to address some of the investors' concerns. And while some of these official interventions have 
recently managed to put a floor on valuation, we will continue to monitor the developments and will await for more um, measures despite the more attractive um, valuation at this point. That's on the equity side. All right, we've been chatting with Irvin Yeo. She is the head of Asia for investments at Pictet Wealth Management for Asia. Irvin, thanks for your time and we'll catch up again with you soon. Thank you, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.